The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Before we get started with today's episode of Bench with Bubba, let me tell you about one of our sponsors, Draft. If you love fantasy baseball, then you need to try our new favorite app called Draft. It's daily fantasy baseball, but not like the other guys. On Draft, you play live snake drafts with other people just like in your season-long league. Drafts last just for one night. Once you're done drafting, that's it. No trades, no waiver wire. Just set it and forget it. And the best part, you play for cold, hard cash and get paid out the next day. Drafts start from just $1, so there's a draft for everyone. Trust me, I love playing drafts. I play golf. I play NFL, basketball. You can play um, three. Uh, you can play head-to-head, three-man, six-man. There's, there's running leagues. You win one night. It keeps going for four, five, six nights. You can play a dream team. There's all kinds of great ways to play draft, and you can join me today. Just search draft in your app store or, or play right from your computer on draft.com. And when you enter promo code SD Sports. You got to enter the promo code SD Sports. You get a free entry into a real money baseball draft when you make your first deposit, but you have to use the promo code SD Sports. That's right. Playing a real money game for free just for using the promo code SD Sports when you make your first deposit. Just again, search draft in your app store or go to draft.com and enter the promo code SD Sports. Now to this week's edition of Benched with Bubba. Everybody to another episode of Bench with Bubba, episode eighty-seven. For episode eighty-seven, I'm going to be joined by a guest that you may have heard me talk to at one point in time, but not on this show. On his wonderful show, The Nasty Cast. You can also find him on Big Guy Fantasy Sports, Fan Tracks Dynasty Podcast. He's all over the place. Ron Rigney, how we doing, man? I'm good, man. That's what I said. You know, we wrapped up the. Uh, I do. I was doing some football stuff with Bob Long on our consistency show the, a little bit ago, and I said I'm like a Canadian quarter man. You can't get rid of me. I'm everywhere. 
<laughs> I love it. Doing a little bit of everything. Football, baseball, we're going to knock it out. If you ask your guys on the Nasty Cast, you might do even more. We'll leave it for that show, though. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> you, you can check them out on Twitter, at the Real Day, the Real M-A-D-A-Y. So uh, check all that out. And good content, as always, from Ron. But uh, as we usually do to start the show, we talk kind of about news, injuries, and how they affect your fantasy teams. Uh, Jonathan Scope goes to the DL. He's, you know, off to a rough start, nothing too good. And, and many coming into the year were like, no, you can't buy what he did last year. It's not going to happen. Um, what's your take on Jonathan Scope? I mean, I was kind of in that school of people that I, I expected a little bit of a letdown from last year. But, I mean, he does provide some pop at second base, which is always a welcome uh, welcome thing for your team, no matter what format. However, the the 266 OBP he's starting at is, is junk, and I don't think that you're drafting him, you know, with with hopes. I'm hoping people were realistic about what they were going to get with him, and and not thinking that he was always going to put up the numbers that he did last year. I don't think he's a guy that I ended up getting any shares in any league with. So his injury specifically didn't necessarily affect my teams. However, I think I have every other guy that is injured in the league. Uh, so I definitely made up for not having Jonathan Scope get injured. But, um, you know, I was looking at, at, at too, the, you know, one thing I look at when we, we talk about these injuries is some guys that I went directly to fan tracks and looked up some some ownership. And there's guys still out there. Now, it depends on how shallow your league is. But, you know, if you're needing replacements, Jed Lowry's out there. Uh, Yomer Sanchez is out there. And, and me being a Homer Rays fan, uh, you got Joey Wendell out there at 11% owned. So there's a couple guys you can pluck off waivers. But, you, you know, with, with all the injuries we have, it's getting to be Slim Higgins on waivers. And if they keep happening, I don't know if there's going to be any free agents left in any league whatsoever. So I'm not necessarily down on Jonathan Scope. I just was kind of realistic at the fact that I didn't think he could repeat last year. And so far he has. And, and it's early, but so far he has not. Yeah, now I got a couple things here. The thing with Scope that got me is, like, I, I like his talent per se, but – you were having to draft him as like what third, fourth, second baseman, sometimes fifth, second baseman off the board, and people were trying to compare him to like Brian Dozier, and I'm like, no, there's, there's no comparison between these two. That's not going to work. So that's where like if you could have got him, you know, in the 13th, 14th, okay, we could talk. Like <laughs> we we can make this work. But uh, you mentioned a couple names there I do like a lot. Jed Lowry. The fact he's still only 63% on blows my mind. That's a guy that I was taking late in drafts and stuff. Like I just crazy talk. Um, but I want to ask you about Joey Wendell because um, I see him when I'm looking at daily box scores and everything, and he's like that, that pesky little guy that's still like he's contributes. What as a Rays fan, what do you see with Joey Wendell? I see him. You you described him perfectly, and I think there's a lot of those guys that are those middle infield, those infield prospects that the Rays bring up, and 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 they don't. When you look at what they bring up from the farm system, their their pitching is always good. They always do that really well, but they always make their team up of these guys that it's still kind of those Joe, that Joe Madden way of thinking. You know, you you got guys that you can mix and match and put everywhere. And he's not, you know, there's a reason he's only 11% owned. He's not going to come in and give you huge pop. He's not going to give you huge production. But, you know, I, I, I kind of threw him on there just for what I mentioned before with all these players that you have that are injured across the board at every position. You could do a lot worse there. So, you know, I, you know, you and I, we play in some deep leagues, some 15 teamers. I got a 19 teamer that currently I have a 25 man roster and I have seven guys on the DL and I only have five DL spots. So I'm grasping at straws here for bodies that can swing a bat and so he's a guy that i'm looking at in a couple of places but i mean if you get add him to your roster just understand what you're getting you're getting a guy that's going to get the at bats when he starts he's gonna you know get on base he's gonna you know like you said be that pesky guy that's gonna get in the lineup and he's gonna give you a few things here and there but don't expect huge production because i don't think you're gonna get it 
Yeah, no doubt about it. And we're going to sense a theme here as we go through this. And you, you hit it. The injuries last year, the, the, the joke was, oh, the 10-day DL, that everyone's abusing it. Now, this year, guys are getting hurt a lot. <laughs> and it's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Um, let's talk Kevin Ploiecki of the New York Mets catcher. Travis Darnot already went out. He's having Tommy John surgery. Now Ploiecki's out with, like, a his booby hurts or something. And so he's going to be out for a while. Um they're bringing in Jose Lobaton. We've seen him in the past. He's had a couple of good games to start out. Not the biggest name on the board. There's some other guys you could probably look at. What's your thoughts on maybe if you had one of these two guys, how do you attack that position? Well, I got to say, first off, I had, you know, in a couple of two catcher leagues, I was kind of struggling with some injuries that we had before. I think I was rocking Drew Butera in one of my spots. And so Ooh. I was excited to add. <laughs> yeah, right. I was excited to add. There's not too many times I'll ever say the phrase, I was excited to add Kevin Ploiecki. But I was in that league, and then it lasted all of two days before he. Uh, I think it was. I think it was like a he got hit on the hand, and it ended up being a broken bone. Even though he said it felt decent, it ended up being yeah. broken. So, I mean, you could do a lot worse than Jose Lobaton. I mean, there's not much, and you know, we talk about all the injuries. Catcher's already shallow anyway. It's already a garbage position in the first place, and especially if you play in a deep two catcher league. Once again, you're just trying to get somebody that's not going to kill you. Uh, with, with low batting average and, and not really doing much else. So, you know, the other guy I was looking at too was was the other guy that was called in the, up in that scenario. Tomas Nito is a guy that is the other Mets catcher. And so I don't know how good either one of them is. I don't know if it's going to be kind of a timeshare. Um, I was trying to scour through and look for some guys. And I know, you know, once again, in two catcher leagues, this guy's probably owned. But 32% owned guy, uh, Martin Maldonado is a guy that's off to a solid start and he's going to get you a little bit of OBP. He's not going to hit many homers, but he's a guy too, that he's a gold glove catcher. He's going to be in the lineup for his defense anyway. So, you know, he's going to get the at bats. And so he's 32% on in fan tracks league. So he's a guy that, that you'd be able to add maybe in a one catcher league. If you're, if you're struggling there, uh, two catcher leagues, if it's real shallow, he might be out there, but he's somebody that you might look at. But overall, I was trying to add a second name here. And I really couldn't do it because there's just not much out there. And it, it's almost a turning into a scenario with two catchers where you might be better off just leaving that one spot open until your guy gets back. Yeah, and I, I've heard that idea on other shows. People have mentioned it. When you re- really break it down, it's like that zero per se is probably better than the negative reaction some of these guys will bring to your lineup. So it doesn't hurt you or help you type thing. Yeah, I mean, uh, if you're throwing a guy in there that's going to get you maybe, if you have to have him up in your roster for two weeks, and in that two weeks he might hit one or two homers, he might get you maybe three or four RBIs because he's you know he's not getting consistent playing time and he's a backup catcher anyway, you might be better off just, you know, is it really worth the trade-off to dip in your average and your OBP to get that one or two homers and that, four or five RBIs. I don't really think it is in most scenarios. No, not at all. And I like the Martin Maldonado call. For some reason, in uh, only 28% of the fan tracks leagues, Kurt Suzuki's still out there. And he's getting a lot of the playing time with Flowers out. you got Tucker Barnhart, another guy that I always have a little bit of a, a crush on. One last name I wanted to mention because I noticed on uh, the weekly fab, a guy that got dropped a lot. People are getting up on him because of his really, really slow start is Robinson Torinos with the Texas Rangers. Is that a guy you'd look at to maybe fill that void? Oh, I think so. I mean, you know, he's a, he's another one that was was fairly high up there when we were talking about preseason ADP, and he's going to give you a little bit of pop. He's not going to do a whole lot else for you, but I, I, I'm thinking that that Rangers lineup has got to be a little better than what it's shown so far, uh, and I think he's part of that. But, yeah, I mean, you're like I said, you're grasping at straws here, and in, in, in any format, if you've got a guy that is going to get the majority of the starts and he's not going to kill you, I definitely got to think you look in that direction. 
Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, let's talk Josh Donaldson to the DL. I was tweeting on opening day when I watched him try to throw the ball that he needs to be on the DL immediately because whatever plan they had in place was never going to fix this. And now he's on the DL like two weeks later. So the great job, you know, pro- professional teams figuring things out on the fly. But um, they call up Teoscar Hernandez. No, he does not play third base for you at home. He's an outfielder, a very good outfielder. They got him uh, in the Liriano trade from Houston. I, I saw him play in Fresno. Very, very talented. You know, not the top in, uh, you know, Tucker prospects of the world, but he's very, very good. What's your take on, um, A, the Donaldson thing for maybe the rest of the year, and then on Teoscar Hernandez? Because I saw him going for a lot of money tonight. Well, I think – and I don't have a lot of shares of Donaldson, so correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't his issue just dead arm or something yes, yes, with, with his arm? Yes, it's dead arm because okay. he was hitting fine. Yeah. And so if there's a scenario where they can get him, and I don't know how they would swing that. I know that they, they've got a couple options there at DH. I mean, if they can get him – you're not going to not play Josh Donaldson because of his bat. I mean, you know, you're not – as as the Blue Jays, you know, real life scenario. I mean, if you can get him in at DH, that's probably what you have to do. But I mean, if he's going to struggle that much throwing the ball across the diamond, he's going to end up killing you. And so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, but you know, I, I'm kind of like you. I read that the first couple of days that his arm looked terrible and that he, you know, he should have not even really been in the lineup. So we'll see how that shakes out. I, I like I said, I don't have a lot of Josh Donaldson. I didn't take him in hardly any. I don't think I have him in any league. Now that I think about it, not that I don't like him, but he's just not a guy that I went in targeting this year in any scenario. I think he could have done a little bit better with the the pick that you're going to spend on him. But as far as to, um, he's a guy that 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 our our, our guy Van Lee over on the, the Nasty Cast kind of turned me on to a little bit. He's a big Teoscar Hernandez fan, and and I and I liked him. But when you dive a little bit deeper in the numbers, he is ultra talented. He does a lot for you. I would like to see, you know, one of the things we talk about on, on the, the Dynasty podcast a lot is just how the, the 25% K rate is kind of becoming the norm now. And so oh, yeah. if you, can, you can usually live with guys that are around that. But when you start getting above that to that 30, 30%, 35%, you better be walking a whole hell of a lot. And I don't see him doing that just yet as far as um, AAA this year. The walk rate's 6 7%. But when you got a 27% K rate, it's going to affect that OBP. And so, so far, so good. I mean, the sample size in the majors this year is short, but he does have a couple of RBIs. He's already swiped a bag. If he can keep that K rate around 20%, I like it. Um, I just want to see him walk a little bit more, but I think definitely. And, you know, the other thing is, too, with that Blue Jays line, lineup, Randall Grichik, I think, is something like three for 39 right now. And, and he's a guy that some people were on a little bit, you know, later on value, you know, hitting at Rogers Center, being able to give you a little bit of pop. And, not really done much yet. So I, th- I think that it, it's one of those things that, you know, if it, it'll be interesting to see what they do with Grychik. But if, if Hernandez comes up and, and is hitting well, I, they've got to get him in the lineup somehow, some way. Yeah, and, that, and that's my question because, I, like I said, I like him a lot. I'm just concerned, like I was even with Grychik, is there's so many outfielders there. They, they signed Granderson. Um, you have PR, and there's a couple others I can't even think of right now. They're very loaded out there, and I think Hernandez should be the everyday guy. But my question is, is he the everyday guy? We don't have the answer to that. But that kind of has to influence moves, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, and I and I when you mentioned Granderson too, Granderson's a guy, and he's off to a pretty decent start. But that was kind of a head scratcher for me as far as when they signed him, and I and I wonder if it was just from more of a you know because because Granderson's one of those top level community clubhouse guys. You know, you hear him in interviews, just sounds like awesome all around. And I think that was more of the reason that they signed him was just kind of to bring in that leadership. But at the same time, if he's hitting well, 
and you sign him to that deal. I don't know if you sign him to to just bring him in and have him play like once a week. So I, I think that you've got to. There's got to be a move made if if Fernandez is you know, playing that well. And it, maybe it's, you know, you move Fernandez for, for a piece. I don't really know yeah. what the, you know, but something like you said, there's a lot of moving parts of that equation and it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out, but it also be interesting too, as the season unfolds, if, you know, we're still early on, if it gets to a point where they kind of figure out, maybe they're out of it a little bit, what, what they send on, do they send Josh Donaldson on to, to yeah. greener pastures and kind of capitalize on that? Cause he's at the end of his deal. Yeah. That's what they need to do. That's why he needs to figure out how to throw a baseball because it seems like the Cardinals, <laughs> Can't DH him. Um, let's talk Danilson, Lamette, having Tommy John surgery. And, and we there was a group of people that speculated this at first because dead arm leads to these things. You know, forearm tightness leads to these things. A lot of factors there, and he kind of had some of the, the pointers. And, and the important question here, or the, the topic, is Joey Lachesi. I'll probably pronounce it wrong. I don't know how to pronounce it. But um, – Kid's amazing. He dominated the Giants again on Sunday. Three starts now, 172 ERA and 15 and two-thirds, 12 hits, 16 strikeouts, a 1.021 whip. Um, the list goes on and on. He's just been pure filth, and he's the talk of the the town these days. There's a lot of mixed reactions, though. What's your thoughts on Joey Lachesi rest of the season? Well, first of all, from what I asked – Joy Lucchese, and you got to say it, Lucchese. Like, oh, like Lucchese. Like, you know. like yeah, okay. there you go. See? Okay, you got it. Good job. I need a breadstick yeah, out I, of my, my I, mouth. You do. You need some meatballs, and you need like a, a red and white checkered tablecloth there. You need to have the whole nine to, to, to get the ambiance, I guess. A little Chianti. <laughs> we could have a good time with this. We could change this podcast real quick. You know, we could it could have a definite Italian flair to it. That's for sure. Um, I like him a lot. He's a guy that in in a couple dynasties that I, I got for a pretty uh, small price uh, earlier on in in the, in, the, in the season and right before the season started. And you know, you, I, I'd like to think that the offense is going to be a little bit better behind him when when they get Will Myers back. When, if Manny Mark go figures it out, he could have that going for him a little bit. One of the things that I, I don't want people to kind of get wrapped up in is the fact that so far, and I know once again, we're, we're early on. So the sample sizes are really small, but when you look at factors, as far as um, in San Diego, they're top 10, as far as the amount of runs are getting scored there. So I don't know if we can attribute it all to, to that stadium. I do like the fact that, that it, it does profile most of the time as a pitcher's park. I think that helps him out quite a bit. Um, but like I said, he's a guy that I got for a pretty, pretty low price. And uh, I think that he's a guy that, you know, when you get him, you add him on whatever it may be, he's young. You're going to have some growing pains. I don't think that he's going to keep up this level of consistent lights-out pitching. But I think that he's going to be a pretty good add because one of the things is as we move down this list, and we've alluded to it many times, you're going to hear me say it many you don't have many other options. And so you're going to be throwing him in there. But I think – you know, with some of the guys that are being rostered, some of the guys that we're going to talk about later on, you could do much worse. So if he's out there, definitely add him. But I would assume in most formats, he's probably scooped up by now due to that reason that you, there's not a lot out there on waivers. Yeah, and I'm all for going and taking him. I like I would have him on my team in a heartbeat. I, I love everything about the guy. My two cents to my kind of concerns, I should say, is, A, he jumped up from – Barely, very little experience in double A last year, all the way to the pros. That's a big jump for a pitcher. Hitters, not as much. Pitcher, just big. Um, second, you're going to have an innings limit. You know that for a fact. He's not going to pitch a lot of innings mm-hmm. this year. I don't know the exact number. It's not my job. But 
that that's that. And the other thing with young arms, and we've seen it time and time again, like I don't have, I'd say 80%, maybe more, maybe less. The second, third time they see it, a team sees that pitcher, the newness kind of wears off. So I want to see it, how he does, you know, the second time facing the Dodgers or the, or the Diamondbacks. Giants don't count. I'm a Giants fan. That doesn't count. They, they suck. <laughs> but um, like, like a real baseball team, seeing them a few times, then we'll see really what this kid's made of. I'm all for it. I think he's going to be good, but just temper expectations is all I keep trying to tell people. No doubt, and that's and that's with any guy. And I, and I like that you made the point too, as far as the double A jump, because that that is huge. I mean, they talk about double A being kind of that first test uh, for a guy as far as getting you know so, some good talent to face. You know, when when you look at some of those those rookie ball and low A and advanced A numbers, I I, I am fortunate enough to catch a lot of Class A baseball here in Fort Myers. I get to see the the miracle, which is the Class A for the for the Twins. So I've seen a lot of good talent come through there. And, and it's one of those things, too, you know, when I go down the road and I watch guys like Byron Buxton, Miguel Sano, even Max Kepler look like a man amongst boys uh, against some of that Class A talent. So when you move up to that next level, it's kind of a reality check for a lot of these guys. But, you know, there again, I'm looking up his numbers. He actually started today through six innings, nine strikeouts, didn't walk anybody. So, you know, I mean, until until the wheels fall off of it, man, you, you've got to, you've got to ride the train, you know, and there's a lot to like here. And, I, and, and like I said, I don't expect, you know, with the double A jump for this to continue all season, but you know, there's not a lot else out there, but I mean, he's got, he's got the pedigree that the minor league numbers are good. And so if you can withstand the growing pains that you're going to get with him, man, he's a, he's a nice ad at this point. He's a great ad in dynasty. If he's not already scooped up. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, let's talk about a train that did get derailed. This um, Taiwan Walker onto the disabled list with a forearm tightness, I believe is what it was described. That could be wrong, but that usually, is a very good precursor to Tommy John surgery. And Taiwan's had his ups and downs with uh, injuries in his career. And he's coming off, or so far in a couple starts this year, he did not look good. Uh, A 16% strikeout rate, ERA at 3.46. His FIP and XFIP weren't bad. So he looked okay. People thought he was going to take that next step forward that he kind of showed a bit last year, plus the humidor. Um, Not looking good. Uh, What's your thoughts on Taiwan and maybe a possible replacement? Um, he's, he's somebody that I don't have in a lot of leagues. I do have one league that I have him in and it's only a 10 teamer. So there are some guys that you can kind of look for out there. But once again, we talked about, you know, just most, most of the time in, in leagues that you're in, there's not a lot to add. And, and I like him. I mean, I, you have to, a lot of these guys as well, you have to kind of take in consideration where you're getting them and what you're getting. And, and, and it's funny because in the league that I own him in, he's my fifth starter. And I, and I try to make some moves in the offseason of, of my pitching a little bit. And so I'm fortunate enough in, in, in my, my four starters, I've got Sale, I've got Syndergaard, I've got Scherzer, and I've got – I can't think of who my fourth one is now, but it's another high strikeout guy. And then I got – I had to roll with Tywin Walker because I couldn't add anybody else. And so it's a kind of a steep drop-off there as far as my production because I go from these guys that have, you know, 200 – oh, it's Archer. So he's not been all that great either. But I have 200 to 250 Ks, but he's only averaging six strikeouts for nine. Um, and he's not a huge overpowering strikeout pitcher, but that's down about a strikeout and a half from last year. Walks are about the same, still a little on the high side. He's averaging about three and a half for nine. Strand rate was actually pretty good. It has to be because his bad bit was 341, so he's got guys getting on base. Fip not bad. x doesn't like him as much. The ERA is right about what you would expect from him, about three and a half. So I, I think if you – are drafting him kind of like in that scenario. I have him as, as maybe my, you know, your fourth, fifth starter. I, I think he's fine. 
Um, as far as replacements, you know, it, it's, it's, it's slim pickings out there. It just kind of depends upon, you know, what's available in your league. If, if our guy, Joey Lucchese is out there, um, he's a guy you can look at, um, you know, not, not much else out, out there to look Who's your big replacement for him? Let me ask you, my man. Yeah, that's the uh, million dollar question. Let me just, I got it right <laughs> here. Um, it's tough because Lucchese would have been definitely towards the top of the list there. Um, we'll get to a couple. We can talk about these guys later, but, um, say a Chris Stratton's out there. I'm a big fan of what I'm seeing from him this year. That's not even a homer thing. He's actually looked really good in that rotation. Um, we'll we'll talk about about guys like Trevor Williams, Chad Bettis, maybe. But you know, top and even Homer Bailey threw another good game today, which is just terrifying that those words just came off of my tongue. But um, Andrew Triggs, <laughs> we have the one that get my attention. So as you can tell by the names mentioned, not much. Um, but Chris Stratton would probably lead no. the way there. I, I like that quite a bit. He's only. Um, 40% owned in Fantrax League, so he might be out there on the waiver wires. Uh, this one... I mentioned, I, too, that I have in a couple places that I really like what I'm getting from him as well, and I paid absolutely nothing to get him. So, you know, once again, all off. But so far, so good with Homer Bailey. Yeah, it's crazy how he's actually pitching really well. And most, I think, all of his starts, or maybe all but one, have been in Cincinnati. So he's pitching in Great American Small Park and pitching well, which is impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to bring this up. I know it's a sensitive subject, but it happened today and it's actually fantasy relevant. Um, and we'll kind of tie in two subject matters that we had planned to talk about here. Kevin Kiermaier is hurt again. And I feel so bad for you. I actually like Kevin Kiermaier. I'm a Kiermaier fan. I feel, I feel bad for you and Yancey Eaton. It's been a bad, like six months, <laughs> a really bad six months. And I text, we text me and Yancey text a lot. And I, I can hear like the tears coming up, hitting the keypad on the phone. Um, McKiermeyer, sprained thumb. Some reports are speculating long, a long absence. Some not so much. Kiermaier even came out to like I think it was social media, just apologizing like it's his fault or something. So, a yes, Kiermaier's out. B Malik Smith playing really, really good baseball this week on the season, but this week especially playing really good. Um, Got to grab him right. Malik, and you know, once again, not me being a homer, and 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 shout out to Yancey Eaton, and it's and it's I'm glad that uh, a few weeks ago he was our guest on um, the Nasty Cast, and I found out that Yancey Eaton literally lives like 20 minutes away from me, and I never knew this before, and That's so I, I'm kind of glad, that, yeah, I'm kind of glad we found each other to kind of drown or raise sorrows in, and his profile picture on Twitter, but it is his face with crying Jordan on it, giving. Uh, uh, Corey Dickerson, a, a handshake at spring training a few years ago. It's it's excellent, but yeah, it's 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 tough being a Rays fan. But you you kind of get used to it after a while. But um, I love Kevin Kiermaier as well. But we know with Kevin Kiermaier, this is something that comes with the landscape. He's probably going to get hurt at some point, and and he's Gold Glove defender. He was it was was a guy I was corner. I was looking at a lot of leagues because even though he's a Ray, he's a guy that I didn't have a lot of places up, up until this season. And of course, it's been a struggle. He's been slow to start. He's, he's hurt now again. And so it kind of, you know, you were looking for maybe that 15, 20 scenario with the homers and the steals. And and, and now I don't know if you're going to get that. But Malik Smith's a guy that I was on when he was in the Braves organization. I had him in a couple of places. And the one thing about Malik Smith, and once again, this isn't me being a homer, when he's gotten an opportunity to play, he's played very well. He's been a nice, yeah. nice bat at the top of that lineup. He got some chances last year when Kevin Kiermaier was out. And he did nothing but hit. I mean, he 
he had an insane batting average for a little while. And so, yeah, he's a guy that, too, I would be surprised. I don't have the, the ownership in front of me if he's still out there in a lot of leagues. He's a guy that I would snap up. I probably would have, in a deeper league, already have drafted. I think in most scenarios, but I mean, he's a guy that's going to get, he's not going to hit a lot of homers, but he's going to get on base. He's going to, you know, and I don't know how many runs he's going to score in that lineup. Cause I don't know home, but stolen bases, a little bit of average there. But I, I think with, with Kiermaier out, as long as he's in the lineup, you have to add him if he's available in your league, no doubt. Yeah, no, Malik Smith, he, he was great in his, in his chances last year at the Rays. He's coming up big here. And you know, it's funny in draft season, everybody was all about, you know, Alex Smith or Malik Smith, Late round steals, you got to have him. And then, you know, the Rays go and make a few moves and add, Co- or they got rid of Corey Dickerson, they got rid of Steven Susan. You're thinking there's, okay, there's more of a chance for him again. And then, you know, Denard Spans there, and they're kind of mixing things around so much. You'd think they, they'd find a spot for him. And they kind of started to, and now he definitely has one. So I think this is, he's, a, he's a must, must own right now. Yeah, they bring, and, and of course they signed Carlos Gomez too, who's been that's the one I was for. Yeah, that great. Yeah, so that was kind of a head scratcher for me. But you know, once again, it makes sense because the Rays kind of will resign, or if somebody gets you know released throughout the season, they they kind of resign and recycle these these veteran guys and bring them in there. So it's kind of what they do as well. But I will say about Denard Span, he has had a couple of clutch hits this season, and he's come up big in a couple of spots, including on opening day when they beat the Red Sox. So yeah, I'm a little bit. A little bit on the Denard span train, but as far as fantasy standpoint, no, I'm I'm definitely not looking at anybody at this point other than Malik Smith to, to replace him right now. Yeah, no doubt about that. We take this brief break from Bench with Bubba to talk to you about RotoWare. It's one of the best quality shirts in the industry. When I mean industry, all the clothing industry, the fantasy sports industry, because people are rocking it, they're loving it. You're seeing it in a lot of big outlets now. The no other brand can compete with RotoWare in terms of quality. They're premium blend fabric, super soft, comfortable, athletic fit shirts. They specialize with a special, special printing process. The design is part of the shirt. Literally, it is dyed and bleached into the fabric. No thick ink. There's over 30 different designs right now. It's just crazy, all the stuff they have coming out. And there's more and more stuff every time you turn your head. They have fantasy football, baseball, hockey, basketball, some really cool DFS ones. But everything's great. They have men's, women's, and kids. Check them all out. Go to rotoware.com, R-O-T-O-W-E-A-R.com. Check them out on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, at Rotoware. But the cool part, guys, if you use the promo code DEGENS, D-E-G-E-N-S, you get 20% off your order. Again, promo code DEGENS, D-E-G-E-N-S. Check their site out. Check them Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. They're always giving away free shirts. And then when you go to purchase the ones you want for you, your loved ones, your friends, your family, whatever, use promo code DEGENS, D-E-G-E-N-S, for 20% off your order. Now back to this week's episode of Bench with Bubba. Uh, let's talk about some Anaheim Angels, because that's what I still call them, except that they are not the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. They got a couple of their young pitchers back. It's just been a mess of a rotation outside of Shoya, Tony, Garrett Richards. Uh, guys getting hurt, guys coming back. Six-man rotation is not actually happening. So much fun. But uh, we had Andrew Haney, Nick Tropi- Tropiano making their debuts this year, both coming off of injuries. And Tropiano, six and two-thirds, really solid innings, uh, no earned runs, 8.1k per nine. The fifth and the x fit obviously aren't zeros, but they they're not they're they're very respectable. And they got Andrew Heaney um, gave up a few runs in his five innings of work, but still pretty good stuff. And the fifth and x fit really like him. So, what's your thoughts on these two guys uh, going into the season? Well, going into the season, I I didn't really have either one on my radar. I mean, Heaney was up there a little bit. You know, if it's an ultra deep league. 
Tropiano wasn't a guy that I was really looking at. But once again, in, you know, we have the, a ton of injuries. So um, you're kind of looking for anything you can get to kind of spark your team. I know I, a lot of my teams are off to a slow start because of that. And between guys that you, you drafted early that are, that are still s- slow to get out of the gate a little bit, I think that you have to look at both of them in, in a lot of scenarios. Um, you know, Andrew Heaney was a guy, especially too, that at one time was a pretty touted prospect with the Marlins, um, you know, got, got sent over to, to Anaheim. And, and he's a guy that, you know, injuries, you're going to have to give him a little bit of, uh, of, of leeway as far as I don't think they're going to be lights out out of the gate. But like you said, Tropiano was solid. And so if they're, I mean, if they're available in your league, I, you got to scoop them up, man, because they got a great offense behind him too. That Otani kid, you know, he's all right. I think he's going to shake out to be pretty decent. But, you know, they also have this other guy in their lineup, this Trout guy that's pretty good, and he can well. And up and down, you know, behind him, you know, fit for Tropiano. So far, the more impressive, pedigree-wise, Andrew Heaney's the guy that it was kind of pegged to be, you know, that, that mid to the front of rotation starter when he was a prospect. So I think you got to look at both of them, but I, I think that either one is a solid add if you need an injury replacement, no doubt. Yeah, that's why I look at it. Good injury replacement. And, yes, the team does not suck. They uh, they were one of my wild card predictions, and they're starting off smoking hot. Um, let's talk Zach Wheeler of the New York Mets. Made his debut this year. Seven very strong innings. Uh, K per nine out there. ERA of one two nine after that one start. It was never really the stuff, per se, with Wheeler. It's more consistency, staying healthy. Um, as a former Giants farmhand, I was devastated when they traded him for Carlos Beltran back in the day, and he just, he really hasn't panned out. But maybe you know Homer Bailey's finding it. You always see these pitchers that were once big, Kyle Gibson, once big prospects, and now here they are. They're finally making their mark. Um, Zach Wheeler, you got added in a lot of leagues for some pretty pennies at times. What's your thoughts on uh, Zach Wheeler going forward? I mean, I'm not going to overpay. Uh, you know, for, for a guy like that. But it's one of those things, too, like you, you, know, you had a good point there. These guys that were once touted prospects, once high draft picks, you, they deal with injuries for a little while, and then all of a sudden they kind of come around and they, and they think about, you know, maybe they got to change up what they do a little bit, and then they got to learn to maybe pitch a little more effectively instead of throw a little more effectively. There's a difference. And so I think Zach Wheeler's a guy, you know, that, that you could still get some solid production from. I mean, like you said, the last, you know, the last season that he made uh, any significant amount of starts, was actually 2017. He did start 17 games. The Caper 9 was there. He walked too many guys. And the ERA, well over five. So he, he struggled a little bit in, in 2017. But if you could maybe get a semblance of the guy that you had in 2013, 2014, you look at 2014, and that was his uh, ideal year. Three and a half ERA, nine K per nine, pitched 185 innings, made 32 starts. If you can get something close to that, that's huge. And And, you know, like we said, the injuries are killing you. He's a guy you could pl- maybe pluck off waivers. And, and you alluded to him being with the Giants. He was a uh, sixth overall pick when he was drafted in 2009 with the Giants. So he was a highly touted guy coming up, a guy that I had in a lot of dynasties. And, you know, the injuries just kind of derailed him. And, you know, you didn't really know. Going into the season, I don't think that we really knew what his role was going to be either. I heard a lot of people saying he was going to be a bullpen arm, you know, and he's getting a chance to, to start. And, you know, in that, like you said, in that first start, look damn good and so i think that you know he's a guy that the xfib really likes at 2.79 that's something i i look at you know there and I, I really like a lot with him and once again i think i put him above uh tropiano and uh 
Heaney as far as guys I would go after with a little bit of my fab money. But I think he's definitely a guy we're taking a shot on because he does have that pedigree. He he was that guy that, you know, was looked at to be, you know, another one of these Mets arms that's going to come up and, and do great things. And he is still only 27 years old. He's another one of these guys that seems like they've been in the league forever. And he's kind of hitting that famed age 27 prime period. So definitely a guy that I'm on. And, you know, if the Mets can keep hitting like they're hitting, he's going to have a solid offense behind him as well. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, my biggest concern with him, and, and I'm, all, I'm all aboard, and like Luchesi, like then Wheeler were kind of my top two looks for the week. Um, I, I really like what he has. I'm just worried, does he hold a spot in the rotation when injuries get settled, which I think he will. But my biggest concern is I, the, the reason why he might not is his innings aren't going to go crazy this year. He only threw like 86 innings last year. They don't want to see a replay of these injuries. So – I, I, I could see like 100, 120 max innings, and that's where he becomes a really good Davinsky type. I'm not saying he's going to be Chris Davinsky, but a good middle reliever, two to three inning guy out of the pen. And he's still, and we've seen with these new relievers, that's still extreme value on your teams right now. So I think there's something to Wheeler. Trevor Williams. Trevor freaking Williams. Um, yeah. You know, we already mentioned Homer Bailey's name. And I, I don't want to talk about Trevor Williams, but you kind of have to talk about Trevor Williams. Three starts, three wins for those that believe in wins, but he's going about six innings a start. Doesn't strike out many people at all. Doesn't throw that hard. But a 1.56 ERA and even his FIP of 3.87 is not bad. The ex-FIP, 4.69, it's not nice. But um, no. what, what, are you, what are you thinking with Trevor? I can't pull a trigger on this man, but he just he does it start after start so far. Yeah, we're in agreement yet again on, on Trevor Williams. And I'm glad you brought up the, the mid-reliever uh, scenario because if, if Trevor Williams is the best option I got, I'm going for middle relievers all day long. And, and I don't I don't expect, you know, what he's doing to last. I mean, you like you said, I want guys that are going to strike people out, and he doesn't strike anybody out. And I, I wrote about him at Fantastics the other night, and I think we talked about him on the Nasty Cast last week. And he's he's striking out five guys per nine innings. He's walking nearly uh, four guys per nine innings and he has a 91% strand rate. No way that that stays at 91%. He's going to start. These runs are going to start coming home. His ERA was over four last year. He pitched 150 innings and he was serviceable last year. He was okay in a couple of spots, but I'm going to go that mid reliever route. I'm going to see what's out there as far as guys that I can maybe, even if I, I, I can, if I have the luxury on my roster of maybe picking up a couple of those guys, they're going to give me starter type numbers and they're going to give me probably the same amount of innings uh, per week. And, and I'm probably going to get more strikeouts depending on who it is. So no, I cannot, I, I'd have to be really hard up in, in a league to pull the trigger on Trevor Williams. I'll put it this way. And I, I haven't seen what the score is tonight or what, what the, the performance has been, but I added Bartolo Colon over Ooh. Trevor Williams in a league. So that tells you kind of how, well, how let I me am. Tell you, on- let me tell you something, my friend. <laughs> He has five perfect innings in the books. Okay, so there you go. See, you know, and not only is he uh, big sexy. Ultra, well, and, and I don't, and I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm making the rounds on every place I can shout this from the mountaintops because I want to get credit for this when they start calling him this. Uh, now that he is a ranger, you have to call him Big Texy. So he's living oh up to that billing tonight. Yes, sir. Thank you. And so, I, you know what. Once again, you know, I like I said, I added him over Trevor Williams, and I don't know how he does it. I don't know what he does mm-hmm. to to keep the career going, but you know, Bartolo's out there. He's a guy that I added. You know, I think it's uh, 
think it was our, it might've been our podcast league. It's either our podcast league or their prestigious, ultra prestigious dynasty baseball league. But either way, I got Bartolo out there and I was a little scared of the matchup tonight. So I stick by my boy. I should have that. That's my bad. And that's what I get for, for not trusting big taxi, big taxi. My goodness. That is outstanding. Um, yeah, I gotta make, I gotta, I'm making a note of that right now. My show notes, big taxi. Okay. Yes, sir. Um, let's talk about another older pitcher that somehow found the fountain of youth. His name is Bud Norris and he picked up his, I believe second save just the other night. And somehow, yeah, he has two saves now on the year and he's actually looked really darn good. And he didn't look bad for the angels last year when he had 19 saves. His ERA wasn't ideal. That's probably why he lost the role. But when he was the closer, wasn't bad. Um, and, and it's really weird. If you look at his FIP and his ex-FIP, they think he's even better than he's pitching right now. So small sample. Yes, small sample. But um, Greg Holland's been pitching the eighth inning lately, and some say it's because he's getting heated up, or maybe this is where Matheny's going because Matheny is a weird one to figure out at times. So what's your look on uh, Bud Norris? It's, I had this actually had this conversation with somebody earlier that asked me about what to do with um, Luke Gregerson that they had stashed away. And, and I mean, you got, you look at Bud Norris and he did have his moments last year with Anaheim, but it's, it's not crazy to think that he might drop the ball here and get, you know, the, get this job taken away. He did have another save today. There's a lot of guys in that bullpen too. And, you know, you mentioned Mike Matheny and, and kind of like I was talking with my, my buddy earlier, you know, the thing about Greg Holland is you don't sign a, a reliever to a $14 million contract and not give him the opportunity to do what you sign him to do. And that's close. And I, and I think it's pretty clear that that's what they did. Um, now that being said, if that $14 million Investment is not getting the job done. You have no choice but to, you know, give him the hook and, and put him in a different role. And so I, I think that's something you got to worry about. I think at the in the meantime, though, if he's out out there, because I notice in a lot of my leagues, you know, one of the things I tried to do a little bit differently this year is I've always kind of been from the school of. I want to not pay for saves and I want to try to find them, you know, throughout the season. Well, the problem with that is, is I have a hell of a time trying to find them throughout the season and it always comes back to bite me. And so I wanted to try to invest, maybe not in the ultra high price guys, like your, your Kimbrels and your, your Jensen, Jensen's, and, but I, I was able to get some of those second tier guys leagues. It dried up pretty quick, especially one of my auction leagues. I tried to do that and I got left and that was it. So I was kind of grasping, but Norris is a guy that I've added. I think he's at two. Uh, any guys? He's putting, but Dom, you stare. So there's another thing sitting there. We'll close with him being. We're going to get at that. He's got to be the guy he throws. So there's that bullpen. Hard to kind of figure out who the hot. If you've got, if you're, and he is doing what he is right now, it's going to be difficult for me to think that they're going to take that role away from him and give that to somebody. But like I said, they're paying a guy $14 million to do something. So they're going to see if he can do it for that investment. Yeah, no doubt about it. I like that a lot. Uh, this could be a quick hitter. Just tell me if there's any concern. Chris Davinsky got the save the other night, and but or not but Ken Giles was on four days rest. This could have just been the old theory: best part of the lineup or giving Davinsky the guys. But is there a concern here? 
I don't, I don't know. I mean, Ken Giles is, is shaky to begin with, but I, I think that it, it kind of, it, it's kind of a Archie Bradley scenario with, with me there. You know, we talked about that on the nasty cast before, you know, about the diamondbacks bullpen and, and Archie Bradley makes the most sense, but at the same time, they like the role that he is in unless, you know, worse comes to worse and they have to move him from it. Chris Davinsky has made his money with being that, that, you know, that swing guy, that mid relief guy. They have a lot of guys there too, that they can do a lot of things with, you know, they have Davinsky, um, they have Ken Giles at the end. They have Brad Peacock as well. So they've re- and, and plus two, their 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 five starters are ridiculously good that they were able to put together as well. So I I think you can move him around a little bit, but I don't know if I would get too ultra excited about this this becoming a thing. Um, I would say in most scenarios, Chris Davinsky's probably picked up already anyway. Especially right. if you're in a holds league, he's he's gone. But you know if he's if he's somebody that's out there on your wire. You know, like we said, you know, if you're looking at adding the Trevor Williams of the world and you get you can add Chris Davinsky, go for it. But I, I don't, I'm not too concerned about him being the closer just yet. But if it happens, I think I could I could see it. But yeah, I'm, I'm not too optimistic. Uh, side note, Bartolo, perfect through seven. Um, it's going to be big taxi, big taxi. Yes, sorry, big taxi. Taxi. Yes, sir. I apologize. Um, <laughs> Tyson Ross, the, 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 this guy still exists once a prospect for the A's, then he kind of made his hay with the, the Padres pitched really well there for the Padres for a while. And then he got hurt and he went to the Rangers. That didn't work out. Obviously back with San Diego, he's starting out the season. Very, very good. Three, five ERA, uh, about six innings per start. K, K about seven per inning. Um, got his ground ball rate back up to almost 55%, which is, you know, he needs that big sinker ball work. And, Tyson Ross definitely uh, was towards the tops of the guys I was looking at starting pitcher wise. But what's your thoughts on Tyson? Because I'm still seeing some shade thrown his way out there. I, you know, like like we've kind of prefaced a lot of these. I think you can do a lot worse with what's what's out there. I mean, he's a guy that you know he he was solid for a couple seasons there with the Padres. You know, low ERAs, K per nine, up around nine ten range. A lot to like there. I just think that I, I kind of wonder. You know, with the, the the attempts he's made to come back, if he kind of rushed it back both of those times, um, definitely not anything to write home about last year. That's for sure with the Rangers. Only made uh, a handful of starts, had an ERA way over seven, which obviously uh, you're not liking that anywhere. But I think that, you know, he's, like I said, he kind of with the Luke Casey thing. I mean, you know, he's got to, he's going to have an okay offense behind him when some people get healthy. The park does profile as, as a, a pitcher's park. You know, he's, he's he got that strand rate around 75%. I always kind of like to see that 75% above strand rate for a guy. Um, he's not walking a ton. Uh, it is early. He's pitched 18 innings. So I, I think, you know, and you've made this point with a couple of guys that we've talked about, and I think this could be said here. It's just a matter of how many innings you're going to get with him. Uh, you know, because he is, he does have a couple of, of years there where he's up in the 190 range. But other than that, he's got one season at 125 innings, and that's pretty much it. There's not a lot of, um, major league innings pitched here due to various reasons, mainly injury. And so once again, you can get him right the hot hand. I think that he, I like him a lot better than some guys on, on this list. Yes. I'm looking at you, Trevor Williams. Uh, I would, I would definitely add him if he's out there. I mean, yeah, I wouldn't throw a ton of money at him, but if you can get him at a decent price, I think you can get some, some decent innings out of him. Okay. Um, a hot name on the market. We're going to go talk about a bat, young bat in San Diego. His name is Franchi Cordero. As I uh, named him with Vlad Sedler on the last episode, the franchise. Um, <laughs> the, 
this at least that's the way everyone's treating him. He is the next best yes. thing out there, and he's had a great day today. You know, as uh, hitting two thirty one, couple homers to start the season. Everything in the minors looked really, really good. A little bit of power, lots of speed, things to enjoy. People are spending all their money on him. Uh, what's your thoughts on the rest of the season for Mister Franchise Cordero? Well, I like him too because he's a he's an ultra delicious uh, salad dressing hybrid as well, which oh, not a lot of minor league players can claim that they that they are that either. You know, he's he's ultra tasty if you add those two together. But only twenty three years old um, has a lot of tools. I mean, we you know he is a guy that we talked about when we previewed their system that I think that we we, we were kind of high on. Um, I just wonder, you know, once they're back go with Will Myers with all the guys that they have there they already have kind of a crowded outfield anyway and um, you know with them pushing Will Myers out there I wonder if he's going to stick it depends upon what Hunter Renfro does and he's largely disappointed I mean we know the guy hits bombs but other than that he's not done a lot for you and you know with 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 uh, our guy Franchi here he has hit a couple of homers he needs to take a walk though that's something I'd like to see him do he has yet to do that in in the four games he's been up and it's early so you know we'll give him a pass he's a youngster but the the walk rate's only about five six percent in the minors uh you know you look at the the cup of coffee he got last year with with the Padres he struck out of the eye-popping 44 percent uh minor leagues you know once again we talked about how the 25 percent is kind of the new in thing as far as a guy and he's been right around that so if he can strike out at that 25 percent rate and walk a little bit I like him. I definitely think he, he's he's got the tools to succeed. He could get a handful of steals there. He's got double-digit steals just about every level of the minors if he gets the chance to play. But So it'll be interesting to see how they juggle that with uh, you know Will Myers coming back, with Manny Margot coming back. And so that's the only thing I worry about with him. But he's off to a hot start. I just would kind of temper expectations a little bit because that playing time scenario is up in the air a little bit. Yeah, no doubt about it. That's my biggest concern. Will Myers gets back. Renfro's hitting well. Perella's great. Margot, it is quite crowded there. That's another right. reason why. I- yeah, Perella was the guy that I left out too, and he's an he's another ultra cheap draft guy that has been has been pretty yeah. solid, and he's multi positional eligible too. But that was the guy that I left out. But yeah, so we'll see we'll see where they can put him in. But if they can find a spot to get his bat in the lineup, maybe move a guy for another piece, maybe move Renfro out and 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 figure out something else. Definitely somebody I like, but I wouldn't overspend on him. Or go back in time and never waste money in Eric Cosmer. Um, last guy, last question I have for you here, Eric Thames. Now, you, you didn't draft Eric Thames thinking he was going to hit for a high average. We know that. But he's striking out 5% less in a small sample this year. He already has five home runs this, this year. He's hitting uh, 233, though, with a 192 Babbitt. So that's got to improve. He had a 309 Babbitt last year. We know he had that massively good start to start the year, and then it fell apart. Are you buying into this, Eric Thames? He's going to be this legit power guy, or are you concerned with playing time like many people are? What's your thoughts on Thames the rest of the year? Because the power is there, again. The main concern I ever have with Eric Thames is not calling him Marcus in any segment, because I think 90% of the time when I've talked about him on any podcast that we do, I call him Marcus every time. So I'm just, that's my main concern with him, but he's a guy that not necessarily in a batting average league, but in open looking at a couple of times, but even with him being far down, when you look at the ADPs, when you look at the rankings, there was still people paying a little more than for him than what I probably would have. I like the lineup he hits in. I like the home ballpark he hits in, especially when they close that roof. Uh, but I think that, you know, he, he's somebody that 
I would look at maybe a, a corner infield spot, or if you have an ultra deep league with a, uh, a DA spot or utility spot, I, I'm, I'm not necessarily happy with the fact if I have to start him every day as my first baseman or my outfield, if you drafted that way, I think he, he kind of messed up a little bit, but I think he'll kind of even out a little bit, but yeah, he did do a lot in a short amount of time last year. And it's not to say that, that he didn't do much the rest of the season. I mean, he, he did finish up with 31 homers, 359 OBP. He did strike out 30% of the time, but he also walked 13% of the time last season. So I think you do, you could do a lot worse, but right now, if, if, you know, especially with the injuries, I'm looking at him as maybe kind of a buy low candidate. I'm not ultra, you know, thinking that he's going to be, you know, huge, but I mean, there's still no reason he couldn't hit 25 to 30 homers. There's still no reason he couldn't get you uh, an OBP of somewhere around that 330 to 340 range. And I think you could get it for minimal cost, but you know, like I said, especially in an OBP, I'll take a 359 OBP from my corner infield spot all day because I don't know too many, scenarios and leagues that I was that I have a corner infield spot that I was able to get a guy that's going to be doing that to me you know usually my corner infielder is a guy that's going to hit some bombs and you're going to suffer with the average a little bit you know depending upon how big the league is but I would go out and maybe see kick tires and see what you can get uh our guy Eric Eric thames for and I didn't call him Marcus so I'm excited you did about so that. good you, you, you yes. get a cookie um, but yes, I, I was, I was very, very happy to look at him for OBP leagues. And that was a great point you met there is he's outstanding in that format. Um, that'll wrap up our player portion, but I have one last question for you. One last one. I am a big bobbleheads fan. Okay. And I, I see you tweeting about them all the time and I'm like, Oh, this yes, is sir. great. We can bond about this. Um, <laughs> you mentioned the show, Hey, Otani bobblehead. And okay. I want I want to go get this, but what where do you collect yours from? You just your local games, or do you actually make a point to buy them places? I'm curious how you go about it. It's it's a little bit of everything, you know. I I go to some I go to some games and get what I can. Um, I I actually am am nerdy enough to a point where I'm a member of a pretty sweet couple sweet Facebook pages where that's what people do. They trade, they buy, they sell. I get a lot of them from there. I have a uh, shout out to my guy, a good buddy of mine, uh, Rick Carver that we, he lives in Missouri and we kind of look out for each other as far as, you know, stadium giveaways and, and things like that. You know, eBay is a good place to get them. Um, but I, I've, I've worked out a few trades, um, on, on that page there, but there's nothing like going to the stadium and getting them. Oh, yeah. You know, um, I actually missed one yesterday that the miracle down the street, we're doing a really cool, uh, Brian Dozier, uh, bobblehead. If you search that up, it, it's a pretty cool fielding one. And I missed out on that, but they're doing four more, um, later on in the year. So I'll hope, hopefully catch some of those, but I already have tickets to go get. I don't know if you've looked at the ones that the Rays are doing. Um, they have a couple of sweet wins for their, their 20th uh, anniversary this year. And I'm going to the game where they're giving out the dual Fred McGriff, Tino Martinez in the old school Rays logo. Unis there. Yeah, they're amazing. They're, they actually did uh, yesterday with the Dozier bobblehead. The Rays actually did a pretty sweet uh, Carl Crawford um, with a stack of bases uh, sitting next to him to commemorate. I think it was the, the night that he swiped seven in one game and it's pretty cool. So yeah, I get him a little bit from everywhere. You know, one of the things too, it's cool about it is um, my dad will be on the lookout for me. You know, he's, he goes to antique shops and all these different places and he's, he's added a couple cool ones to my collection. So, you know, you find them locally, people have them everywhere for sale and you just get, you just got to get, get lucky every once in a while. I actually added a uh, four foot uh, John Gruden Corona, bobblehead um if you search those That's up amazing. and, and oh it's crazy it's 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 
by far the coolest thing I had, coolest bobblehead I have. And I have to say my, my wife was ultra excited to add it to the collection. No, she was not. She hates the thing, but it was, it was cool. And I brought it home because I didn't say anything to her and, and, and I put it, you know, in a room with the rest of them and she walked by it a good handful of times. And, and then finally I'm sitting downstairs and I finally just hear what the F is this? And so that it, it got, it definitely got the reaction that I, that I desired, but I got a smoking deal on that. So it's pretty cool. But yeah, I try to tweet one out every week. I try to do a, a bobble of the week. I got a few in the collection there. I'm running out of space. I think my collection's up right around the 200 mark. So um, just need to add some more shelves. If I had more shelves, it'd probably be about double that. So always, always looking for them, always getting them. So yeah, it's a, it's a cool hobby to get into. No, I love it. I, I pretty much just have Giants and other local minor league teams around here, but I'm trying to slowly build up on that. So I absolutely love it. They're so cool the way they make them these days. Pretty darn awesome. But uh, with that being said, my man, thanks for joining me. Um, check out Ron on Twitter at The Real Day. And then he does tons of work. Like he said, when we started, he just got done with a football podcast with Bob Lung, who previous guest on Bench of Bubba um, for the Big Guy Fantasy Sports Network. You can find him on the Nasty Cast with our buddy Nate Dockin and the Manly Van Lee. And they also do the Fantrax Dynasty Podcast. So tons of places to find Ron and all his work. Um, anything special you got coming down the pipeline? Uh, a couple things up in the air. Uh, I, you know, I don't know very, you know, a couple of various things that I've, I've kind of gotten a hopper here. Nothing definite, so I don't want to allude to him just yet. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. Yeah, well, you know, we'll we'll see what happens. So I don't want to you know put too much into it, but yeah, but mainly the podcast stuff, uh, you know, in, uh, over big guy fantasy sports, a little bit of baseball stuff here, uh, but yeah, you know, as as many places as I can be, I will be. So that's what I like to hear, and it's always great context. So everybody, go check him out. And Ron, thanks for joining, me, man. Really appreciate it. Enjoyed it, man. Love to come back anytime. Awesome, everybody. It's Bench with Bubba, episode eighty-seven in the books. Catch you guys next time. 